Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Have your way today in this service in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you believe God is good all the time, clap your hands, lift your voice, make some noise, make some noise. Why don't you greet about 10 people and say God is good all the time? And then you can be seated. Amen. in turn. We'll try it again. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. The scripture says, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. All right. Sounds good. Um, God bless you. Welcome so much. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, special honor to all of our first-time visitors. If this is your first time uh, in the house, if your first time back for a while, if it's your first time logging on, I want to say God bless you and thank you so much for choosing to worship with us. Um, truly, the Lord is in this place. The Lord has been in this place, and that is God's gift to you. So thank you so much for coming. Um, if you are not yet plugged in, your first time at this church, um, come see me after service. I'd love to take you to the Welcome Center where we can get you plugged in, um, get you connected to some of our ministries, also get you a coupon for a free drink at the church coffee shop, The Stream. So a lot of good things if you come see me after church. Excellent. So all the visitors are greeted. I'm moving on. Growth track is tonight. So this is um, really important for those of you who have come to faith and you're interested in getting um, deeper connected into the church. Um, we're having growth track step two tonight. This is when you'll get a chance to hear from some of the ministry leads on um, what we do uh, and ways you can get connected. So this is tonight um, at 6 p.m. Um, we're having a special event for the girls ministry. Um, previously, we called it a sleepover. It's not. It's going to be a one-day event this Saturday, the 25th from 1 p.m., to 5 p.m., okay? Um, for more information, you can go to the Welcome Center uh, or you can see Sister uh, Tanisha, okay? Um, it's going to be a one-day event, no longer a sleepover, just Saturday the 25th from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Okay, coins for kids. So you've probably seen some of our uh, students with these little um, containers with slots. They're looking for your money, <laughs> For Jesus. It's, it's, all, it's all good things. Um, there's actually competitions or contests um, between the classes to see who can, like, decorate their cans and get the most money. So please, if you see these wonderful young people coming to you with these boxes, do, do yourself a favor. Give them something from the heart, okay? Okay? It's all going to, to, to missions. Um, additionally, the Harvest Fest is coming. Harvest Fest is coming. Shout out to Pastor Donna and the team who are doing an excellent job planning. You'll see stationed around um, the gym we have uh, these mm, containers uh, for candy. So please, if you have um, not loose candy, we want to give people like premium top dollar stuff, right? So Starburst is still in the wrapper, right? Snickers still in the wrapper. Um, whatever you find your hands to give, just give it. Make sure it's still in the wrapper. Amen? Okay, good. So we want to we be giving baskets and, or bags and bags of candy on that day. So that's what those are for. So if you see them, they're behind the doors or by the doors, please, um, next week when you come or whenever you're back in the sanctuary, just buy some candy and drop it there. That'll go a long way for us. Um, a special meeting next week for ushers, um, greeters, and those who work the Welcome Center, okay? Or if you're interested in becoming an usher, a greeter, or working the Welcome Center, um, Brother Matt wants to meet with you. So this is next week, a Sunday. This will be right after service in the front sanctuary, okay? Next week, Sunday, right after service. Interested in becoming a greeter, uh, an usher, um, or Welcome um, Center person, we'd love to have you. Um, please join Brother Matt next week, Sunday, for more information about training and the like. Okay, um, ETS, this is Equipping the Saints. So we have a leadership course here um, called Equipping the Saints ETS, which we're starting back uh, on September 27th, September 27th. Um, previously, we used to have to outsource this and do this like out in like Wayne or something, right? But now we've got a big old building, so we're going to do it here. A really great course if you're interested in learning more about the church, um, leadership strategies, um, better ways that you can use your spiritual gifts, things of that nature. This is really a great training session for you, okay? So if you're sensing God is calling in, 
calling you, or if you're just curious about what it means to be called of God, this is for you. We have registration online, okay? Registration is online, but the courses will begin uh, September 27th. Okay, one more announcement um, related to, not, nothing related to youth, and then we're going to talk about youth. Um, the dodgeball tournament, so I'm really excited about that. We know that's October the 16th, Saturday, October 16th. So I just want to make something clear. Um, the teams will be formed of folks who are 14 and older, 14 and older, right? So that means if you're 14 and older, and I mean older, Brother Ozzy, shout out to you. Pastor Paul, shout out to you. Y'all are welcome to compete. <laughs> Right, 14 and older, that's what the squads are consisting of. So if you're 13 and younger, um, you can come and, and watch and hang out, and we'll have some pre-tournament um, games for you. So you won't get to participate in, like, the big squad because those balls are going to be coming like fire. <laughs> it's true. But if you're 13 and younger, you can come kind of do some pre We got some pre-games for you, okay? So still register, but just know you won't be in, like, the big tournament. You'll be in, like, the pre-tournament. All right. Okay. Let's talk about youth. So, so I have the opportunity of leading this amazing youth ministry. Shout out to the folks um, who are part of the Stand Youth Ministry. I'm so grateful to, for y'all. Um, we've been doing some really great things. So two announcements real quick. So this week Wednesday, this week Wednesday, we're having a See You at the Pole rally. See you at the poll rally. So this is an opportunity for us to help uh, your young people and other young people get excited about sharing their faith at school. Um, so we're going to be doing this here at 7 um, with our friends from the Ann Arbor Assemblies of God and a few other churches may be joining us. We're going to have a special guest speaker that night. We'll have some food. We're still going to run the same time that we usually run youth, okay? So parents, no stress. 7, I mean, most of our students start coming at 6.45 anyway. So come as early as you want. Um, we'll probably end around 8.20, maybe 8.30. We'll have food, um, and y'all can just grab and go, okay? So if you do me an honor, bring a friend. Um, that night, it's going to be very special. Again, special guests with the Ann Arbor Church. They're going to be hanging with us. Okay, one more announcement. We're going to move on. Uh, okay, so we have a lot of young people who are, like, hungry for more of Jesus. And the youth team, we're excited for that. So we're doing uh, a virtual Bible study for our, um, our youth ministry. So this is not going to replace youth. We're still meeting on Wednesday nights, but we'll also start meeting every other Monday on Zoom. Okay, so we're going to be doing this really good book called DNA of a Christ Follower. So we have a number of young people who've decided to follow Jesus this year, and we're really trying to steward them, right? We're really trying to help them understand what it means to follow Jesus seriously. So every other Monday, starting in October, we're going to meet on Zoom from 6.30 to 8 and walk through this really good book. Very practical, simple language, okay? Um, I told the students that if you're on the praise team, you've got to be in this class. You, there's no excuse. If you're not on the praise team, it's optional. But if you're a worship leader, you got to be in this class. So parents, help me enforce that for your young people, please, and thank you. Um, but if you have a young person who you know loves Jesus or is, like, struggling their faith, this is for them. Again, it's virtual. Every other Monday, it's a small commitment. All they got to do is read a chapter of the book. So they have two weeks, basically, to read a chapter. Super easy. Okay, super easy. Um, the cost of the book, the cost of the book is $13. We're asking for $5 to defray the cost. Um, also, two of these meetings are going to be um, in person. One we're going to do at the end of the year when they're out of school, and then one we'll do in February at the end of the class. So I told them, if you give us $5, we're going to give you two dinners and a book. So that's good money, okay? So just think about it like that. $5, two dinners and a book. Two chicken dinners and a book. <laughs> it will be chicken. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. Parents, if you have any questions about that, um, please come see me. I, we, we really want your young people to be on fire for God, and one hour on Wednesday is not enough. It's, it's just not enough, and so we're trying to do more. So thank you so much for your support. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Steve. Hey, man, how many love this guy, man? I tell you, he's just such a blessing to our church. I want to say thank you very much for being patient. With We try to keep our announcements to a certain number, but as we get back to life, there's a lot kind of restarting. So thank you for your patience. Um, I'd have one more very special announcement. So with our new lineup that we do on Wednesdays, um, we're continuing the same format Prior to this uh, situation, COVID and things, we had youth on a different night. So our Rangers and Girls Ministry go through K through 12. Um, but we're keeping the same format. So we got an exciting opportunity with the uh, men and the boys. We're going after you men. We're going after you boys in Jesus' name. So listen, let me just tell you about a very special day. October 2nd is our men's Bible study as regular, the first Saturday of every month. Uh, sometimes we have breakfast. Sometimes we have don't. Some, uh, but we always study the Word of God. So men, let me encourage you, men and boys, come at the men's Bible study that Saturday. 
Immediately following that, the Royal Ranger Ministry is going to host an archery workshop. We're going to have a course set up back here to teach archery basics. And then we're having an arena set up over here for archery tag. How many's ever played that? How many know what I'm talking about? It's awesome. So listen, we're trying to get our men and our boys kind of in the same group. So let me encourage you guys, October 2nd, come to the men's Bible study. If you're a single parent and, and you have a son or a grandson or a nephew, please bring them to this. And fathers, we're asking you to hang out with us after. We're going to teach who, adults and men, boys, whoever wants to learn archery basics, archery. And then afterwards, we're going to see how good you listen to have archery tag. And it's as fun as it sounds. Don't worry, it's safe. We have protective gear, but it's a blast. So I'm going to invite you to that. Amen. Pastor, you're up. Okay. Amen. Anyone else want to come? No, I'm just saying. A lot of stuff is happening. So we're shooting uh, arrows at you, dodgeball at you. We're, uh, we are teaching you the, how to dodge the uh, fiery darts of the enemy in Jesus' name. Real spiritual warfare. So come ready to get into that. Yeah, a lot of awesome and exciting things. Uh, do right now is our tithes and offering. Let us go right into that right now, whether you're online or here in person. Well, thank you so much for your giving. Today's a little bit different. Today's a very special day for River of Life. We will, for the first time, be able to send out a pastor and his wife to pastor a church in Easter, the Kenny Bruce. So as we have, we've been talking about that a few weeks ago when I announced, I told you that today's an opportunity that you want to be a part of that ministry, you want to help Let's uh, sow a seed today. I think this is a very uh, good opportunity to do that. We want to send them out here blessed. So if you are giving uh, through the text way of giving, there's already uh, an option there that says church plant. Oh, okay, put in the amount in that church plant, and 100% of it's going to the Kenny Brews to begin this new work. Um, they are working with the Michigan District of the Assemblies of God. Uh, and so it's going to be an, an AG church, and so we want to be a part of that and help them. If you're giving online, you can go and tap uh, the field there to drop down different things you want to designate your funds. Hit other, and then write church plant. So everything that has got church plant on it, and if you're here in the building, take an envelope, write church plant. If you're giving to missions, tithes, then fill that out. But whatever says church plant is going to be designated to bless the Kennebrews as they begin this work. So we're going to bring them up at the end of service and send them out of here with God's blessing and favor and anointing and power. Amen. As they, uh, as they go. The church is going forward. Amen. No matter what we think or feel or see, the church of Jesus Christ around the globe is growing leaps and bounds. People are getting saved. There are people uh, just, it's an amazing time to be living in. So let's, let's pray right now over our gift right now, our tithes, our offering, and the seed that we're sowing into the ministry right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that everything we have is a gift from you. And Lord, you taught us that where our money is, where our treasure is, that's where our heart will be. And so, Father, we give today finances to help this ministry, not because it's a good idea, but because our heart is in the kingdom. And we know it's good ground. It's your kingdom. And so we sow it from our heart. I pray a blessing on every giver today that's able to give into this part of this ministry, that you would bless them. Let them see, Father, that it is because of this uh, act of faith to sow into the Kenny Brews ministry and the church at Easter there, Lord. And I thank you for it. Pray a blessing on all of the giving today. And I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is in this place. How many feel the presence of the Lord today? Amen. Isn't that good? Isn't it good? It is so good to be in the house of God. Well, today being a special day that it is, we are in the, uh, the book of Acts, and we just so happen to be coming up to the Antioch church, Acts chapter 11 and 13, where they sent out from this Antioch church, Paul and Barnabas. They send them out. And... Uh, uh, so I want us to talk about the Antioch Church a little bit this morning and how it relates to River of Life. And so if you're visiting or you're new to the church uh, or if you've been tending forever, this is a good re reminder in Fresher's course 
uh, to talk about vision and where are we going as a church. We have Vision Sunday. It's the first Sunday in February. I know there's a little football game on that day too, but we have it called Vision Sunday on that Sunday where we talk about vision and different things like that. And um, so, but I want to give a little bit of that today and related to the Antioch Church and a little subline, little little um, second uh, part of this would be also an Antioch Christian is what I want to focus on is an Antioch Christian. There was a, years ago in China, there were these missionaries who were trying to do a work there and they couldn't get people to come to the churches. So they began to, they had this idea to give out rice and they would have to come to the church to get the rice and, and also be converted to become a Christian in order to get the rice. Well, on the other side of town, true story, there was another Christian who didn't really have rice to give out. They were just preaching old-fashioned truth and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, they had other uh, outreaches as well, but they, uh, they were preaching the gospel. Over a period of time, this uh, term was coined, this phrase was coined. They noticed a drastic difference between the two uh, groups of people that were attending the church. One was really, really like living like Christ. The other one, they really weren't. So they began to call them rice Christians. Because they would go and they would get the rice, but they really weren't impacting their community. I believe today we, in our mindset, in our Western thinking in America, that we have a lot of different flavors and types of religion and Christianity. But I'm here to show us today what a true Christian and follower of Jesus Christ is supposed to look like. Amen? And we get it from this Antioch church. I'm going to show you this today. So won't you stand with me, open to Acts 11. We always stand in honor of God's word, try to every week anyway. We're going to read one verse together, and then I'm going to go through chapter 11, uh, and, then chap and then chapter 13, a couple of verses back and forth. These are the two chapters that has the Antioch church. And uh, in the first century church, let me just tell you this, uh, is in Acts 2, and we talked about that, how they met in the temple, they went house to house, they continued in the apostles' doctrine, breaking of bread. Remember that? We talked about that. Then right around chapter 11 and 13, this other church emerges, and it's called the Antioch Church. And they were a church that was not very traditional. They didn't have the religious garments, the phylacteries. They were Gentiles. Uh, they were not Jews, most of them. They were, uh, it, was, it was a very diverse church, but it was a powerful church, and it was a very strong church. It ended up being the center for sending out missionaries and really impacting the, the surrounding community. This is where I prayed and God has given me a vision for River of Life. So if you want to know what uh, our church is, is modeled after is the book of Acts, specifically the church of Antioch. This is where our vision statement comes to play that God gave me to be a church that values his presence, number one, his promises and all people. This is where it come from, from studying the Antioch church. When I first became pastor, Melinda and I uh, eight years ago, I prayed, and, and this is the word God gave me, and so this is how we have modeled our church. So verse, I want to jump down to verse 26 of chapter 11, and right in the middle of a story, but we're going to talk about this. And when he had found, Barnabas found Saul, is who, what's going on here, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. This is the verse I want you to look at today. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. This is the very first time the word Christian is introduced in the New Testament. Up until this point, they were called a part of the sect, S-E-C-T, or part of the way, or the disciples. But here is the very first time that people looked at this group of Christians, a group of disciples who were forming this new church, and they looked at their lives, and they looked at the way they lived their lives, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They looked at them, and they said, these people are a lot like that Jesus guy for the first time. They didn't say that about the Pharisees, even though they had the religious garments and the traditions, and they were circumcised, and they had all, all the fine things going on. No one ever looked at a Pharisee and said, man, that guy's just like Jesus. None of them ever did. In fact, they would, they would run from them and say, whatever that guy has, I don't want nothing about it. How I many know oh, that's what religion is? You don't want to have anything to do. I'm not a religious person. Don't call me that. Don't put that on me. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. 
It's not a religion. These people, though, live in such a way, I want to look at it today, that not them, but other people said to them they were Christians. And by the way, this was 15 years after the day of Pentecost. So can you, let me just ask you a question. Those of you that's been serving God for 15 years or longer, are there people in your circle that can look at your life and the way we're living and go, that's a Christian. Man, they're like Jesus. I know we're not perfect. They weren't either, but that, we always, no, no, listen to it. These people looked at their life 15 years later, 15 years after the chill bumps faded. And they said, these people are living like Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of them. I want to be like one of them. We're going to look at it today. I thank you for your word today, Lord. Have your way in our midst, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated today. So I want to get right into this. What did this Antioch church look like? So what did they do when you look at chapter 11 and chapter 13? God leaves us an example uh, of what they did and how they lived their lives. And the, the first thing you can start reading, and look at verse 19, it says, Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word. I want to stop right there. Two things. Number one, everybody say persecution. Persecution, that's a word that we don't really know a whole lot about as Americans, to be honest with you. I know we all suffer persecutions, and we, we kind of equate that when, when our friends kind of say bad things about us or they block us on Facebook, you know, persecution for the Lord. And I know that's a, there's, there, it's a real thing, and it is not fun when you do begin to live for the Lord and people in your circle, family, or friends do begin to come against you. That, that really does hurt, uh, and that is a form of persecution. But when you compare it, I listened to this pastor just the other day who was over in China and he went to a church and he's telling the story how they met him in an alley and he had to put a blindfold on, got into a van, they took him on this road, he didn't even know where he was going, he got out of the van, still blindfolded, had a bag over his head, uh, led him down this path into this little tiny room that is half the size of this stage with a light bulb hanging down and packed in there was about 50 to 75 Chinese American Christians on their uh, sitting with their legs crossed whispering because they can't be caught or they would be seriously persecuted if not killed for their faith. He walked in and he had a message of faith that he was going to preach. He's a pretty famous American preacher. Instead, he sat there and just wept and wept and said, I have nothing to say to you. I mean, one of the guys said to him, Pastor, when you do speak to our people, you know what they really need to hear? They really need to hear from you. What do they tell their executioner when they're leading them to be executed? Tell them how they can win them to the Lord. What, what are the final words that they can say as they are being hauled off and being... I mean, the pastor said, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to address that. I want us to, today just to kind of get a little bit into the worldwide church because believe it or not America's not the only America's not the only church on the world sometimes we just get this thing right where we just think about America and what's happening to America it's this it's the end times or there's no per there's persecution going on for all over the world we're thankful that we're in America that we can do this how many are thankful that we don't have to worry about nobody coming in today with machine guns or anything like that if they do they will be tackled and tased probably by the time they get halfway up. we got an awesome security ministry. <laughs> but persecution, here's the point, we're going to move on because this ain't my message, is God will use persecution to serve his purpose. That's the only thing I'm going to say about that. This is the persecution that Saul started a few chapters earlier. I believe Brother Kavar preached it when they stoned Stephen. Saul said, let's kill this guy. He led the way, they stoned him, and he started a massive persecution. They're going everywhere arresting Christians. Meanwhile, Saul is on the road to Damascus. He has this encounter with Jesus. He gets radically saved and becomes one of them and joins the church. Then his friends turn on him. They try to kill him. And the very persecution that he started, he now is a part of a church that's sending him out to be a missionary. You can't make that up. The, so here's the point. Whenever the enemy tries to give, uh, attack us with something that he meant for evil, God will turn it around for good. Even persecution, even suffering. Persecution will cause you to be a stronger Christian. 
persecution. Man, I've got to get off this, but this is so good. You'll never, never, never outgrow suffering. I say it all the time. You'll never outgrow suffering. You'll never outgrow serving. And you'll never, never outgrow sanctification. Those are three things that will always be growing in the life of a believer. We don't like suffering, but we need to learn to embrace it with, by faith. And I know that's not very popular. God used the horrible suffering of his son Jesus to redeem man. And by the way, Jesus said, listen, it ain't just what I'm getting ready to do. He looked at him in John 15 and told his disciples, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. Blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake, Jesus said. If nobody ever is saying anything bad about us in our faith, that should raise more of a question and a concern than it is a compliment. Hear me today. Well, I never fight no battle, uh, Pastor Eddie. That, that thing about 2 Kings chapter 6, being surrounded by the enemy, I'm surrounded by good things all the time. Brother, maybe you and the enemy's going the same way. I need to talk to you. I don't know. Come on. Because the, my Bible says that whenever we pursue the kingdom of God and advance the kingdom of God, we will suffer persecution, some kind of pushback, yeah. some kind of pushback. Okay? You with me? Second thing here, before we really get into it, this is just an opening. I'm going real fast. It's so important. What does that scripture say? That they went everywhere preaching the gospel. Write this down. The very first thing to be a real Christian, man, is persecution. Yeah, but sharing your faith. Sharing your faith. I love to see you at the flagpole, Kavar. That used to be a highlight when Melinda and I were youth pastors, to go out at the public school campus and meet at the flagpole and see who, what Christians are going to come out. I remember going to John Glenn. We'd go to Taylor uh, Truman at the time. It had Kennedy, which was always the better school, TC and Truman. And, uh, but anyway, they would go. I went to Truman because we had some kids at Truman. <laughs> no. But we would go to the flagpole and Belleville High, and we would watch. And, and it was so amazing. I was always encouraged. Sometimes there would be 50, 60 students from high school gather around those poles with Bibles. Uh, John Glenn, they had a young kid playing a guitar, and they had worship. One of the faculty came out and led the Bible study. And I'm telling you that there's Christians out here serving God. Amen? But we need to learn to share our faith. Sharing our faith is one of the greatest ways that people can see we are true Christians. I mean, when you want to tell people about what happened to you, man, that's evidence that you really had something happen to you. Whenever I'm sharing my faith, I'm telling you that is the, that is the most, that is the one thing that I feel the closest to God is when I'm sharing my faith to other people. And many times I don't feel like it at first. Many times I don't, man. I'm having my bad day. I got my own thing going. You know, listen to this Pastor Eddie online. Okay, listen to him. But when you sit down and you look at somebody eyes to eyes and you start talking about what God's done in your life, I guarantee you this. You will begin to feel the fire of the Holy Spirit raise up within you. You will begin to feel his presence. Man, and it, it'll just come. That is what Christians are. That's the first thing they did. They went everywhere preaching the gospel. It's a true sign of a Christian. But I want to go a little further with the Antioch church because the Antioch church began to do something different than the Jerusalem church. The Jerusalem church also shared their faith, and you're going to see this in this verse, but the Antioch church took it a step further, and I want you to see it again. I stopped at verse 19 when it said they went everywhere preaching the word, but I want you to see these next words. To no one but the Jews only. Everybody see that? They're leaving Jerusalem. These are Jewish followers, and they're going into all the other cities like the Lord Jesus told them to go into all the world. They even have the upgrade from Acts 1.8. You shall receive power. Acts 2 said go into all the nations. They now have the power to do it. They've been trained. They've been empowered. They know they're supposed to do. They go into all the other cities, but they go, er, let us just talk to people who look like us and have our traditions. And I don't really want to step too far out of my my little comfort zone. I don't know what to say to non-Jews. You know, I've been around Jews my whole life. I mean, I'll leave that to Pastor Eddie or, or those that have the gift of evangelism. You know, I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't want to go into the LGBTQ community. I mean, they're, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I, you, know, that, you know, that's this God, you know, he needs to send somebody else. I don't want to go to this group of people because, you know what, I just don't. I like to just talk to people who are in my little world. This is exactly what happened in this verse. They went everywhere, just like Jesus said. They went right into these Gentile cities. They went right in to Antioch. And it was like, man, we're, we're doing it. We're spreading the gospel. You know, we're here to tell people about Jesus, but you got any, any Jews here? Any people that look like us? I mean, you know, because I, I can't share my faith with anybody that is out of our little circle. 
And they did, and they began to share their faith, and thank God for that. Everybody needs to hear the, the word of God. But look at the next verse, and here's where the Antioch church began to get born. Watch this. But some, I love how the Bible didn't leave this out. But some of them were men from Cyprus, a Greek island, Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch, they spoke to that Greeks, preaching the Lord Jesus. How did God respond to that? Is that God's will? Look at the next verse. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. So the very first thing, even though it's the third thing, but it's the first thing, is they were intentionally inclusive. They were, I want you to write that down. They were intentionally inclusive. That, that's what we as Christians, if we really want to be like Christ, we have to learn to get out of our comfort zone and be intentionally inclusive. Now, I know the word inclusive scares people. Oh my gosh, he's inclusive. Oh, he's going to start saying always lead to heaven. No, no, we will always be a gospel-centered church. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus demonstrated this by saying, I must go through Samaria. And when they heard him say that, they was like, Samaria? Okay, who gave Jesus breakfast this morning? Samaria. Jesus, that's where the Greeks are. And uh, mixed races are, Jews and Greeks. And you know, we don't really, we, we, matter of fact, we avoid that entire region. And Jesus said, man, I must go through Samaria. And y'all know that's my favorite story. I preached it on Easter Sunday. He went all the way out of his way to meet this woman who we don't even have her name, has the longest conversation in the Bible with a Gentile Samaritan woman who's been married five times. Jesus, the King of glory, the one that we worship and we sing to, that's the Jesus. And when these disciples came to a city, it was like, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone, and I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to say, help me with the words. I'm going to reach out to people who look like, don't look like me, who don't think like me, who vote differently, got different politics, different tastes of food, different styles of music, different age groups, different ways of believing. I'm going to go to them. And when they saw them, they said, these dudes are like Christians. They're like Christians. I took a bunch of our leaders to earlier this year, uh, I believe it was this year, maybe last year. So whenever I say recently, it can mean within the last three years. And so <laughs> how many feel that way? <laughs> we went to uh, Brightmore, the mother church, and uh, we had a guest speaker there, and he was an awesome guy. His name was Mike Br uh, Brunette. Burnett? Brunette. He pastors in Tennessee. Uh, he has one of the fastest-growing churches, not only in the Assemblies of God, but uh, in, in the country. And uh, he's a great young man, and I'll never forget this story he opened with. And I just, man, was thinking about that, how this is, pertains to it. He was raised in a home with a single mom. I believe he had three brothers, so it was a single mom raising four boys. And she really had a, a lot of stuff going on in her life, and she wanted to turn to the Lord. So she found a church, started going to a church. And uh, at first, everything was, seemed to be going fine. But uh, this church particularly focused a lot on extremity, uh, outward appearances and just some doctrinal religious stuff. They told her that she cannot wear makeup, that she needs to wear long hair. And uh, she worked in a medical field, so she kept her hair short. Uh, she wore a little bit of makeup. It wasn't much. They gave her a mentor who was going to teach her the ways of the church, uh, I mean the Lord. And, uh, and so she, uh, she, she just struggled with that and was just trying to find her way through this. And one Sunday morning, the pastor just felt led to announce from the pulpit, Miss So-and-so needs to stand and be uh, exited out. She's no longer welcomed at this church for she does not conform to the ways that the Lord would have her go. And he stood up, and, and Mike is telling the story. He's the middle child of four boys. And he says, you know what? I still remember being six years old, that um, my mom crying and walking all the way out of that church, there was not one person that even stood up next to her to defend her or to help her or to say, hey, she walked the walk of shame Sunday morning out of that. So needless to say, mom and the four boys never had anything ever to do with any church at all because that's unfortunate when a church does something wrong how many know they categorize every church how many know that you know and here mike burnett who's obviously a pastor now the fastest growing church in the world so we're like how did this happen well he met a, a woman when a man loves a woman 
And this young girl was a teenager. And she said, I got one condition if you're going to date me. You got to come to my church. I mean, that's a good standard to have, young people. Amen. And he, he heard church. And he said he went back to six years old. And his mom and this. And it was an Assembly of God church. And, and uh, we're not perfect, by the way. But good church. Anyway, so he went to it. No intentions at finding Jesus. But something strange happened over the next couple of months. The presence of God, he began to feel during worship. The preaching, the messages were just like, just what he heard. It's almost like someone was reading his mail. And he began to turn his life, and he gave his heart to Christ. I think it was uh, 19, 20 years old. He was in college. He was in college to be an opera singer. And this dude looks nothing like what you just pictured in your mind. <laughs> so we were like, please give us something. He went, oh. And we were like, yeah, there it is. He looked nothing like it. He looked like a football player or like a tight end. Or anyway, um, so he gets saved. And then he begins to feel a call to the ministry. Long story short, he's now in ministry, pastor in a church. He has a life group at his house. And he goes out and he puts a sign in his front yard. Him and his wife do this from time to time, inviting people from the neighborhood to come to his life group, his small group. And he had a woman come who was a lesbian and married to another female. And he felt so like, okay, what do I do? And he felt like he needed to be intentionally inclusive, even though he didn't know exactly what to say, a conversation struck up, uh, she began to come to his life group. Many times after the life group, he said he would be there with her for hours, a few hours, talking about God and sexuality and answering questions. There's a woman who's got a family, and all of her life has believed that this is the way was meant for her to be. And after the, at the very end of the life group, he said after the season, she came to him and announced that she wants to give her life to Jesus Christ and become a follower of the Lord. I don't know why everybody's not clapping right now. I don't know if you're waiting for me to say something else, but let me just tell you, we need to get to the place where Jesus is good enough. Let people... Get saved the way they are and let Jesus clean the fish. That's the kind of response we should be having when a person gets saved. I don't care what they do next. They truly give their life to Jesus. There's this person who's a lot more qualified than you or me. His name is Holy Spirit. He is also called the Counselor. He is also called the Convictor. He is also called the Empowerment One. And he takes over. Begin to move into her life. And yes, a week before he came to the conference, he said she came up on a Sunday morning who was already joining the ministry, being a greeter, and finding her way in. He said, I was just trying to help her find her way through. There's a lot I'm skipping right now, but this is the point. She came and she said, I told my wife that I'm going to begin following the Lord, and I know this isn't the life that I was supposed to be living to honor God, and they were getting a divorce. She went the other way, unfortunately, but this woman now is a part of the church, a thriving person of God. All because you had one example, wasn't very inclusive, more focused on religion, like the Pharisees. There was this dude that was healed by Jesus for 38 years. He never walked a day in his life. Did you just hear what I said? 38 years, he never felt the wind blow. He never saw anything past this level. 38 years, Jesus heals him. And Jesus said, take your mat and go show everybody. As a trophy, he picks up his mat. The religious community is there. They're watching this guy, a miracle, right in your, front of your face. Instead of saying, woohoo, they said, is he picking up his mat? Today's Sabbath. You guys know the story? Because religion only sees how far you have to go rather than how far you've already come. Got to keep moving. They begin to be intentional, the Antioch churches. River of Life will always be intentionally inclusive. We don't have to have all the answers, but this church is for all. We, value, we don't just, uh, we talked about this the other day at our, staff, our pastoral staff meeting. We sat down. There's one thing to have people sitting at your table that are not like you. It's another thing to value their voice. 
It's one thing, you know, let's just get this person because they're this way or that way, and then we're, we're diverse. No, 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 no. You just got a bunch of people that are different sitting at a table. When you begin to really be inclusive is when you value what they're saying just as much as you do your own opinion. You can see this again in the Antioch Church, chapter 13, verse 1. I want you to see this a little bit in your Bible. No, you're going to write this. I'm going to learn something really cool about the Bible. Now, the chapters and verses were added later after the original manuscripts were written. Okay, So they're not really anointed of God. So when you see a number on the freeway that says 656 or whatever, and God tells you your lucky verse is 656, that is wrong in so many ways. Okay, um, I'm just telling you that now. But references are really cool. I think they are kind of sometimes can play a, a really cool trick. And here's one. Acts 113, everybody say Acts 113. It gives a list of the early church, a list of who was all in it. In Acts 113, they're all Jews, which is awesome. God came to the Jew first and then the Gentile. Why? To fulfill a prophetic uh, prophecy. But Jesus even always said to his followers, listen, I have sheep that's not of this fold. He was always trying to prepare them. Look, y'all, it's good that we're all looking the same. We're all having church. We're a Jew church. But the day's coming. We're going to have some Gentiles, some pork chop eating people up in this church. I'm just trying to get you to know that, right? Go get used to it. And most everything, including that, went right over the head. That's why Peter had to be told by God Almighty three times that you can go into the house of a Gentile. Pastor Steve preached it a couple weeks ago. Three times. And I love the next verse because Peter said, As soon as the Lord told me, I came immediately to your house. You, sh you did what? Okay. He left out the struggle. Sometimes we leave out the struggle. We just want to talk about our victories, right? We impress people with our victories, but we connect with people with our struggles. So that's so important. Chapter 13, verse 1 gives another whole list of the early church, uh, or I mean the Antioch church. Just look real quick. Now in the church there was Antioch, uh, uh, prophets and teachers. And then he gives a list. Barnabas, we know he is the encourager. Simeon, who was called Niger. Niger means dark-skinned. Obviously we know this guy is either from Ethiopia. We believe he could have been Simon that carried the cross of Christ. Regardless, he is the first black man in leadership in the history of the church. And the church is only 20 years old. And this is a bigger deal than... You think about race as an issue in America. We've had our struggles. It ain't not like it was in the ancient world in, in Israel. Believe me. And he's now a leader of a church. Lucius of Cyrene, first person to speak to the Gentiles... Manin, who was brought up with Herod. This is Herod's foster brother. The same Herod that had John the Baptist killed and who tried Jesus. So you have a political, you talk about diversity. you got a guy that's a part of the, the problem. The guy that's been a part of the man. The, the guy that's been a part of the government, the enemy. He's now on staff at Antioch Assembly of God. Assembly of God? Yeah, Assembly of God. He's, he's now in leadership. And then Saul, who was a terrorist. I told you he was a Taliban. Point is this. Acts 1.13, they're all Jews. Acts 13.1, you got one Jew. So this is something that we see that God was doing in the early church, that they were being superly. Is that a word? All the English teachers just cringed right now when I said that. Where's Miranda? She's going to let me know when I get home. That is not a word, Dad. They really demonstrated, and I'm serious, this is so important, that people need to understand that today the church of Jesus Christ is not for some people. It is for everybody. I mean that. It's just not a cool little tagline. And if you've got a problem with that, then you've got a problem within your own heart. I can hear people say, oh, look at the Antioch church. They think they're being diverse because they got a, a Jew and a Gentile and they got this. No, no, no. You're going to have people always going to try to take pot shots at what the kingdom of God is doing. You're going to take pot shots if you stand and do nothing, or you're going to take pot shots if you stand out and take a chance. So let's stand out and take a chance. If it takes someone turning on me and saying stuff behind my back and coming against this church for what we believe in, then that's their problem. That's for me and this church. We're going to follow the example of Jesus Christ. They had pushback. Everyone's going to have. That's why it's so much more easier to stay within our own little comfort zones. That's number one. I got four of these. 
Lord, help me in Jesus' name. Number two, very important, they were spirit-led. Verse 27 of chapter 11, uh, it says a famine was in, uh, there were prophets among them, Agabus, who showed by the spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout the whole world, and it happened in Claudius Caesar. Again, you can go check the reference. Josephus, the historian, records this was a real event. It was a two-year famine during this time, just like the prophet said it would be. And then in chapter uh, 13, verse 2, I think the screen is on the board. It says, and as they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Spirit said. Here's the point. They were intentionally inclusive, but they were also a spiritual church. They were a spirit-led church. They had the gifts of the Spirit. They had a prophet. They had the, the praying and fasting. They took communion, water baptism. They weren't just a country club. They believed in overcoming the power of the enemy, casting out devils. Do you you know there are real devils in our country today. Don't look at the person next to you. It could be really awkward for everybody right now. Seriously. There are demons and evil spirits. That's the spiritual battle going on every day. We are the church are the ones that's taking authority over that. During the exhortation, that scripture, 2 Kings 6, man, that is, if you man, that is so powerful. People without the word of God, they, they are alone. They do have to fight these battles alone. But you and I don't. We have the help of the Holy Spirit. They were spirit-led. They believed in it. That, that's a spiritual, healthy church. I just heard it again last week. Someone pulling up on the property. and they, they can feel the presence of God, they told me, when they pull off Sumter Road. To me, that's a, that's a huge deal. You can feel the presence of God and sense His presence. I would take that over anything over anything in this world because the presence of God it's the anointing oh help me Jesus it's the anointing that breaks the yoke it's not programs we believe in programs but it's the anointing that breaks addiction it's the anointing that breaks the yoke it's the anointing that breaks depression it's the anointing that'll break racism it's the anointing that'll break hatred it's the anointing that'll break these differences it's the anointing that will do that you get a heart change by the presence of God it'll change everything about you baby everything about you it's the anointing it's the presence of the holy spirit that can we go from you feeling all alone to being like man god is with me i can walk through the valley of the shadow of death what is that the presence of the holy spirit we will always be a gospel-centered preaching church spirit-filled spirit-led church that's exactly what we will always do. That's what the Antioch church did. i got to hurry. Verse 29 and 30 tells us that they heard about the famine. I love this. So they stored up food and began to take relief to the brethren dwelling in Jerusalem. They also did this and they sent. So what's this? Number three, they, they had practical impact. They were a spiritual church. Catch this. But they were balanced. They also weren't just in the church having prayer meetings all the time. They were reaching out to the community and helping in practical ways. The community came to the church to get food. What we do at River of Life and what we must do is find ways to engage our community. Yeah, the, this church service is a huge part of it. People get saved. But if that's all we're doing is having, is having you know, a Pentecostal picnic, then we're missing the mark. When the power of the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room, they didn't stay up there and see who had the best sounding tongue language or who had the best sounding manifestation or who, how many got slain in the Spirit. I love all of them. What did they do? They went right out into the streets. Right out into the streets. We have four verses of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the rest of the book of Acts is them going everywhere, spreading the gospel. Here they're feeding people. Practical impact. Jesus was the most practical rabbi you'll ever see. And I've noticed something in my life. The more spiritual I become, the more practical I become. That's why we're going to continue to do all these things. The Harvest Festival and... and Christmas gifts for foster kids and cardio drumming. I don't care. This will be a gospel-centered community center. <laughs> You're going to come bang on drums, amen, or, or play basketball or volleyball, but it's going to be gospel-centered. I love people coming to the church to do these things and learning about Christ, okay? All right, lastly, and then I'm going to bring up uh, Pastor Stephen and uh, First Lady Rhoda. They were missional. The Antioch Church was missional. 
They were people that sent people out, brought people up, sent people out, trained them up, released them to serve, trained them up, released them. Some served locally. Paul the apostle, by the way, he waited on tables and was a, uh, notice it was a prophet and a teacher mentioned in Antioch. It didn't say an apostles because Paul was there. Paul wasn't yet given that title. Twelve years after his conversion, he finally got to be sent out. That really says a lot about his character and his character development. That's what ETS is, is all about. That's what we have here for ETS is to be a ministry to train people for leadership. I want to send out missionaries. I would love to do that one day. Train people that are wanting to learn more about leadership. We got a good group coming out for ETS. And people was asking, can you take it again? Some of you went through it the first time two years ago. Yeah, a lot has happened in two years. <laughs> you want to go through it's free, go through it. But this the vision of ETS is to do this very thing. Next year we will have level two and level three. For those that believe that they're called to full-time ministry, we're going to help you get your credentials and move forward in, in three. But that is a school of ministry. We, we gotta go, we're going to kick it off again a week from tomorrow. That's what the Antioch Church did. That's what I believe we're called to do, and that's what we're going to continue to practice to do. So where does God want you to do in that message today? You in persecution, you need to learn to share your faith. You need to be more in inclusive. I mean, I don't know. Some of us are so spiritual, but we're not practical. We can call down the forces of darkness in the, in the heavenly realms, but we haven't got any fruit in our lives at all. Ain't nobody impacted by our ministry. Man, don't fall into that snare. We are to be fruitful. Who are we impacting? Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.